Hi, my name's Alistair. Hi, my name's Kat, and this is Ali Kat, and we're bringing you Bampot Pod. Bampot Productions Podcast. Bampot Productions Podcast at Bampot Pod. On Twitter, um, at Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod, yes. At Bampot Pod on Twitter. Yep. The podcast is called Bampot Productions Podcast. Yes, it is. We are the Bampots. And we have a productions company that makes a podcast about once every six days. It's sometimes a bit more than once every six days. But on average, it's every six days. Well, recently. Yeah. If your work ethic was better. Yeah, that's fair enough. No, I don't say it like that. You had a big smile on your face, but the way it sounded, it was like I was being really abusive. Yeah, this is like the Handmaid's Tale reenacted in this house. Because I'm watching the show. Okay, like can we get okay. So I've never read a Handmaid's Tale or seen any of the adaptations. But people love it for some reason. Is it because women secretly want to be dominated like that in a society? I've never read the book either. My sister has, but I haven't read it, but I've watched every episode like do the women is it abject poverty for the women or do they get like a level of protection from the men they're basically property right including the women that are married to the men that have power because none of the women Mm. in the totalitarian regime that is featured in the novel and the tv show have any rights but are the women cared for as property or is it like just let them die and no one cares like are they more like some of them are forced to work to death Uh uh-huh Others are forced into prostitution. Right. Others become what you call Marthas that are basically the ants that keep the handmaids in line. Right. The handmaids are the sex slaves and they're forced to reproduce with the commander and his wife. Just the, the commander and his wife? Yes. No one else? No one else. They're basically posted to a commander and the wife. Oh, so there's lots of commanders. Well, yeah, because from what I gather, the commander... Um, it's like they all have the same ranking and they kind of do a political role. Commander's not quite high up. Like, how many women? It's not really made clear. Can a actually. man like that? In, like a certain age, men they only have one wife. Slow down. Yeah, but they have handmaids, right? One handmaid at oh, a time. Oh, right. Okay. That is supposedly fertile. Well, that, that makes will sense. Get pregnant and then they will then take the baby. So what's the issue with that? system they're sex slaves <laughs> and they have no rights but are they it's not just a gendered society it's yeah. a totally awful gendered society against the women but what if you're one of the commanders and I'm not a feminist but even like the life of a commander because it's a totalitarian regime if they go against the system who's at the top well that's the thing though it's never made clear oh right there's like a board of commanders, but then they have commanders that are underneath them and commanders that are underneath them. So like all the men are called commanders, so it's hard to know like what level the rankings are because they're all commanders. Um, I think that the TV show has deviated a lot away from the actual novel. Yeah. From what I know of the novel, bear in mind I've never actually seen it. That was a woman called Margaret... Atwood? Yeah, I, I believe she's Canadian. She's she's actually a consultant on the TV show, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they got to yeah. make money somehow. I think she already has a lot of money. 
Hmm. But she obviously is more now because of the show, because she had to sell the rights. I can't actually read A Handmaid's Tale because Jordan Peterson said that Margaret Atwood <laughs> wasn't a particularly good author and therefore I, I shouldn't, shouldn't watch it at all. Yeah, but isn't he more like a men's rights type of chap? Well, men's rights are human rights, so <laughs> we are deserving of rights. Men's rights? But every right to every kind of person could be deemed a human right. Exactly. So we all have the same right to live in a racist, sexist society. Oh, God. Speaking of racist, new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. Oh, yeah, he has a race. Uh, a caller into an English radio show called LBC actually went... I used to listen to LBC a lot. Um, 85% of people in oh, England no. are white. What? Yes. How can a person that isn't white relate? And I was uh, like, <laughs> I know. Then, then, yeah. like, he went, how would, no, but then he used Scotland as an example. Yeah. But he was an Englishman. He said, how could Sunak go and deal with these Scottish na- nationalists? And I'm like, wait, why is he bringing in... Scottish nationalists into an argument about race. Why? What, <laughs> it's too general. Like some what people. What reason will, did he give that they could? He couldn't. That like he's basically deal with not the nationalist white. because he's not white. Because he's not white. But the thing is, though, not everyone that's a Scottish nationalist is white. No, of that's course not. And then he then gave a statistic that eighty five percent of people in England were white. <laughs> uh-huh. So how could Sunak possibly relate <laughs> to? I think his privileged upbringing and his very well, rich wife. Well, the wife's family. Okay, fine. And Sunak is very mid- middle class originally. Yeah, but he did go to private Harvard. school and, and, to and Harvard. Harvard. I mean, he had a good upbringing. He yeah. wasn't like, he's probably a near enough the 1%, like maybe the two, top 2%. 1% isn't that rich. He's like, big, I don't know. The wife's family are very... They're, they're like 1% not of the 1%. Yeah, but we don't know their wealth. Like, yeah. But he's married her, but it's not her money. It's the family's money. I understand that. But I'm saying that as far as Sunak goes, he had a good upbringing as well. And all I'm saying is I think his good upper, upper middle class... His family was wealthy. But what does that have to do with his race? Uh, not a lot. What this man my, was applying. No, my, my point is exactly that. That I think that his like class is a bigger issue for most people in the UK over race. Um, not for everyone, but I, I genuinely think that someone like Sunak struggles to relate because of his position rather than his race. I mean, he's, he's, it's like you said, like the first thing, see when I see Sunak, it's like, it's like when I saw Obama, the first thing I, I didn't, the first thing I thought was not, oh, that's a black man. Like, it just seemed... He, so what did you think the first time you saw He seemed Obama? like a very white poli- American politician. Like, he doesn't come across in any way other than that political... He seemed very charismatic. He was very charismatic, but he didn't come across as anything other than the political class in America. Like, that's how he, he felt. And the everyman politician. Yeah, and and you made a point about Sunak as well, where you said, like, I think you said, like, he just seems like a Yorkshireman to me. And, like, I think that's quite right. Like, his... Far more than his... Like... See if you've listened to him speak for all 30 seconds. His middle-class English upbringing is what shines through, not his race. Like, I think that's the most telling thing about him. Like, 
Well, see, I entirely agree with that. Because when I see him on TV, what I see is bing. Yeah, yeah, that smile. Perfect uh, yeah. smile, a very <laughs> short, sharp way of talking, yeah. a perfectly iron shirt. Yeah. Uh, I don't see the fact he's the first Indian PM. I don't see the fact he's the so-called first Hindu PM, which has been a thing. They've been mentioning that as well. Now, some of the Indians are laying claim to him saying the first Hindu. Yeah. No. I, I am actually stand correct and none of the in, in none of the Indians really seem to care. It's oh. actually white people that seem to be making more of an issue of this issue of and, it, yeah. and the media. But you're right. I look at him, I think he's an Englishman. He 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 was very middle class, brought up. Yeah. He went to Oxford. Yeah. Later on he then did a postgrad at, at Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Married a woman whose family I don't know how much money they've got. The media says that they're, they're, they're the 1%. Wealthy. They say they've got this, that. Okay, that is the wife's family's money, yeah. which she'll be locked out from because that's what happens when you marry into a family that's incredibly wealthy. They don't well, just go, come in. You can have the keys pre, to the kingdom. Prenups aren't legally binding in the UK. Well, that's so, true. So you can't lock someone out completely. Actually. Mm-hmm. There was a case in 2010. Yes. Radmacher case. Yeah. And she was a German woman, Rod married a Frenchman Marker. in London, but yeah. her family was very wealthy and they had a prenup in German, which he signed. Mm. He then divorced her, wanted to declare the prenup null and void in the English courts because he basically wanted more money. Yeah. They said that in that instance, the prenup was fair. Yeah. So. But the thing is, though, normally in the UK is a 50-50 split. Yeah. But I don't know how much wealth the wife actually has in her own right. Like, I don't know. I mean, families have a way of protecting these, you know, assets. But by the by, the Indians are not bothered that there's an Indian PM. Right. It's not really them that are mentioning. It's the media and it's some people that are white that clearly place more emphasis on race than class, which is the point that you made. I look at Suna, I see he's an Englishman, he's middle class, he's got a bing smile... He's got a perfectly iron shirt. I see someone Which who... Which is something you know, that most ethnic minorities Harvard. don't have. Everyone ignore that comment because <laughs> I'm an ethnic minority. See, when I look at him, no. I'm half Asian. Yeah. Right? And you think... And oh I look God. at him, I don't think... There goes one of my own. Yeah. I think the UK's in a shit pit. It's a clown show and he needs to try with his cabinet to do something. <laughs> Right. So the this people that put the emphasis cabinet? on his race, to be honest with you, I think partly are those that are white and that are biased towards that. And the media tend to magnify things. He's raised nothing to do with it. Class of also counts for a lot more here. Yeah. Um, you, no, race isn't necessarily in the UK institutionalized to the same level as it is in the United States, right? So to me, he's an Englishman. He First. was actually born here. It's like his parents came here in the 60s. <laughs> he was actually born here. Yeah, but like they by... act... No, because they like act as if he's like fresh off the boat. Oh, he's right. the f- he's like an Indian... I don't think anyone's acting like that, actually. Well, no, don't actually, like you think they're putting too much emphasis on I, race as if that means that it's going to detract from him doing the job while like he's fresh off the boat. I do think so. I saw the... Um, the first Prime Minister's questions that he took part in and... Like everyone, every single politician started their like their question with a, a wee preface about welcome to the job. It's very good to see our, our first, um, you know, 
uh, Southeast Asian descent privilege or whatever phrase they used for it. Why is it such a massive it. deal? And it was like, actually, it started to get embarrassing towards the end. He was like... Why did he say that? A then? number of... No, like, everyone that I was asking a question that day started it with that. And I think they wanted to feel inclusive or something, but when everyone was Woke, saying the same diverse. thing, mm-hmm. it became too much and it felt too much. Well, and it's insincere. I've seen a number of cabinet ministers ask about, being asked about that by the press and or just questions about it and say, oh, it must be good to have the first Southeastern, like, look, race isn't really a part of this at all. Like, don't ask me about that again. Like, it's when they actually refuse to take the praise for it. It's like, it really shows up just how kind of, you know, far we still got to go, I guess. Yeah, because they're kind of, like you're saying, being insincerely inclusive. Yeah. See, to me, his race really doesn't matter. I mean, he his parents came over here from Tanzania and Kenya in the 60s. Really? They Why were they even in Tanzania? They came over from there. They were actually born there. Because hmm. a lot of Indians were in the east of Africa. Building or...? work i assume mm. um i know that a lot of them were in uganda in the 60s and they were kicked out and a lot yeah. of them did come across the uk at the time ah, so he's like parents yeah. i don't even think were born in india no. so everyone seems to maybe because of the current climate be putting a lot of emphasis on his race and i'm like we are not the rainbow nation i don't give a fuck i want people to try to solve issues in this country yeah like uh, like i mean I really don't really give a rat's arse. Um, I'm like, he seemed the most competent out of, to be honest with you, a lot of incompetent lot. Trust was very, I mean, she was terrible. And she's going to end up the kind of woman that people are going to look at and they'll say, I think I know you from somewhere. (laughs) Did like, we go to school together? No, you were PM for 44 days. She's been trying to hold on to her um, her her legacy over the last few, and it's like she doesn't have that? a legacy. Like it's she literally terrible. the worst prime minister the country's ever had. Like, I know, I know. But then again, I, I've seen there's a Johnson few... was not better though, but uh... he's a man, so I suppose people kind of thought, oh yeah, he's a big oaf. That I think that definitely plays into it, but he did kind of, I mean, Johnson. I mean, there was the fuck up with Brexit, but he did, I think, competently shepherd the country through COVID. I think his policies were as good as any other countries at the time. He didn't fuck it up royally, I don't think. I think think he didn't have much vision, though. He was more reactive. No, you're right about that, yeah. But but he kept to the kind of the core principles of the Tories, right? Competent enough. Which is low tax for rich people. Yeah. Right? For everyone. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't think the so. The trickle-down e- economics sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. But generally, the Tories kind of do tax cuts for people that for are wealthier. Rich, yeah. yeah, because they're conservatives and they have more money. But, I mean, where do you see the cabinet going? Like, do you have any hope for Sunak? I mean... I mean, like, in terms of how you think things are going to pan out. I mean, it's a bit too soon to speak about, quote-unquote, his legacy. But what are your thoughts, you know, about him as a person from what you've read and about the cabinet and where you think they're going to be going? I, I was listening to the Economist podcast the other day and they were saying it's kind of a sad state that the main thing that people say about him, about Sunak, is that he's a competent person. And it's like, that used to be a prerequisite for the job, not a bonus. <laughs> um, but I find that a really interesting... 
I, I hope he doesn't survive, actually. I, I think... Why? I would like this government... I think if it, this government collapses under Sunak, they kind of have to go for a general election. They've got no choice there. Mm. And some polling at the moment has put the SNP on more seats than the Conservative Party in Westminster. And I just... I have to say, I would love to see the absolute shit show of the SNP being... <laughs> the official opposition, <laughs> like the second biggest party at Westminster, it would kind of just show how dysfunctional I think British politics is at the moment. And, I've, you know, I do have a soft spot for the SNP. I would absolutely love to. They've historically been very good at pulling shenanigans in the. And what shenanigans have uh, they? Can it just procedural things? But like they. I mean, being awkward. So when Alex Salmond first went down as an MP, he read through the the MP's guidebook and he just understood every single rule to a T, and he just yeah was awkward and like <laughs> he actually schooled the. Sp- Speaker of the House of Commons on a number of occasions um, about what the procedure was and the rules. And there's, they're really good at like throwing wrenches in the wheels and causing shit. I would love to see them as the second biggest. I mean, it's amazing that they're the third biggest party at the moment, but it would be amazing to see them as the second largest. Um, and that, I say, it probably wouldn't happen even if there was an election, but I just love that opportunity for them to get more seats than the, than the Conservatives. Um, that said, I think there's a chance that this that the that this cabinet will collapse. Um, there's already a few weak points for them. Um, and to be honest, I don't even think it's about competent governance anymore. I think there's just so many splits in the Tory party that are going to resurface under Sunak. Like he's never going to be able to keep everyone happy. Well, is it possible as a politician to keep everyone happy, even internally in your own party, in your own government? That's probably impossible. But, but normally do you when genuinely think he's not going to be able to hold it together? Hold it together is the point. Really? Like, when so things are going well, go you can splat. normally just hold things together, even when there are divisions. But to be things honest, well. they're not going well. And I think it's going to be tough. He's already pushing through an austerity package. Um, he's Suella Braveman. Is it Braveman? Suella Braveman, your name? The... It sounds to me like that is how her surname is yeah. pronounced, is Braverman. Braverman. Like, or Braverman. is it Bra- it. I Braverman. think it's Bra- Suella Braverman. Yeah. It's anyway, very ing- it's a very... Uh, she had this issue where she sent, you know, work emails to a private, you know, her like private Hillary email address. Clinton and then exactly. she lied about it. Um, and she basically came out yesterday and said, you know, try and get me sacked. Go on, try and come after me. And it's like, oh, Quartet shit. Quartet the same thing, though. Yeah. But then as soon as a politician says, yeah, I will be yeah. remaining here and I won't be sacked, the next second is that yeah. they're gone and they're yeah. sacked. So You've got that, um, who was it, Matt Hancock today? The one that was suspended from the party? Cause he's, really? Was, was it suspended? Matt Hancock or someone else? I, I can't remember, one of the uh, MPs is going to go on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Which basically means that your career is over if you're on that show. Yeah, but he's <laughs> doing it while he's a sitting MP and know, while Parliament is in session. Maybe he just wants a break. And the MP, but you're not meant to just take a, like, that's the thing. It's like, anyway, the, um, uh, he was suspended from the party because they were like, that's a fucking joke. Suspended you can't from fucking the party. do that. Yeah. Because he was too busy entertaining on TV. So he's now an independent MP and right. he's on um, I'm a Celebrity. Wow, it really like shows that he's landed on his feet. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, really there's always something for on his feet. people that ruin the country. Anyway, I think uh, 
I think there's a good chance he keeps it together. I also think there's a good chance he doesn't, and I think it's probably about 50-50. Um, I'm really, I'd, I'd love to see it collapse again, though, and a general election, and just get a Labour government in, and we watch them collapse, and then maybe we can go for a proportional representation system in this country, whereby we can have a diversity of voices in the parliament, and coalitions have to be formed with multiple voices being present, and people can vote for parties that actually represent their views, you know, with the chance I'm getting, you know, some seats, unlike first past the post system that we have at the moment. Wow, that was um a very kind of articulate, well thought out argument that I really have nothing to say against. Well, if you think that's articulate, you should see my finishing line. Which is? I need to fart. <sighs> right. Anyway, <laughs> you totally ruined that. What? We've got we've got another ten minutes. I know, we kinda of started doing fifteen minutes before. We've done a few Since half when? an hour ones recently, but we'd kind of agreed a while ago that there'd be fifteen minutes. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, I feel we like barely said anything. Do, you talked for the first half. <laughs> yes. Well and yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, the point you laid out prior is can you stop making noise please? Sorry, like, I don't think it's very good. Can you no? What no what? Are you going to ping that towards me? I am, yeah, sorry. I wouldn't try and catch it. Close your eye. I might not do it, actually. Don't! What if it shoots you? Alistair, can you know it? <laughs> okay. I forgive you. I love you. I love you too. Now, anyway, you've thrown me off, but I'll get back on track. <laughs> yeah. Like I was saying, to your well-laid-out point there... Wouldn't most of the Conservatives, right, the powers that be in the party and the members know that if Sunak mucks up as such, that there's a really strong possibility that there would be what you call a snap election and they would lose? Why would they want it to get that far? So why wouldn't they just then all try as a party to at least kind of try to shore up support? Well, for the fact that I think all of the MPs have different goals and their constituents have different goals as well. Some of them are representing very remain areas. Some of them are representing very leave areas. And like when you've got two MPs whose electorates both want opposite things, it's very hard for them to come together and say because they're, both of their careers are on the line there. Like They have to go back to their constituents and say they represented them. Um... And the Conservative Party split on so many issues at the moment that I think, uh, yeah, it's just a tough one for them to, to get together. I think if the Conservatives as a party have any sense, yeah. then they would really try to make this one happen. You, yeah, I get Because that. you're right, the 3rd pm Conservative chucked out, I think probably most people would just be like, yeah, let's just try another lot. Yes. So to me, kind of Sunak has taken an opportunity and the timing kind of works for him. I think he might last the course for a while. Well, let's say maybe four years. Well, there'll be an election before that. So When's the next election? Uh, when does it have to be called by? I don't know. When was the last election? Was that... The last election? Yeah. The last... General election. General election. Wasn't there an election in 2019? Because I remember going to the polls with you in Mayfield. Wasn't that a Scottish Parliament? Ah, wasn't the last election like 2015? Or was that... No, was that down... Oh, gosh. 
I don't know, or was that? I, do, I actually can't remember when the election was. I don't know when the next one is. I'm sorry, I'm absolutely useless. I think he might be three or four years. Yeah. I think because of, I mean, unless the majority of the Conservatives are so arrogant that they think if they muck up a third PM that they would get back in if there was another election. They might just be that he can't command uh, a majority, that his own MPs rebel against him, you know? It just seems like such a sad state of affairs. It's fun though, isn't it? Gives us something to talk about. It does give us something to talk about. It also gives me something to complain about. Don't ping that. I didn't ping it. You're going to. I wasn't going to ping anything. And you're distracting. Don't. Don't. Ow. Well, it's your fault. That's because you were playing about ping it. Okay. How would you like to end this pod? By saying goodbye. Okay. I guess I guess we're gonna end it on Sunak's in. We're not sure what will be happening. And we'll focus on kind of his policies maybe the next pod? Yes. Okay. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Alley Cat at Bampot Pod. No no Bampot no. Productions Podcast. No. Bye from Alley Cat. Check us out on Twitter at Bampot Pod. Check us out at Bampot Pod, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.